It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Just a quick road note for you. I put up an article this morning. I-25 between Cheyenne and Wheatland closed in that area. Drifting snow. We'll get into that as the morning goes on. Hold everything. I decided to start with something this morning for you early risers that's just going to make your day. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So before I get into the serious news, and there's a lot of that this morning, Googly Eyes Cortez is in the news, and not for any of the reasons... I'm sorry. Calm down, girl. Not for any of the reasons that she would want to be, but you're going to love this. As always, there's that googly eyes intro, but there's also this one. You know, Marty Feldman, the actor, for those who remember him, and those eyes that he had, well, she has Marty Feldman eyes. Okay, so let's get right to the story here. It's a quick one, all of that intro just for this quick little story. A little while ago, somebody decided to do a movie about Ocasio-Cortez. I know. I The kind of movie I would do would show how insane she is, but there's a tiny group of people out there, very small, that actually think that she's wonderful and they love her. So somebody did a movie about her. Don't look at your radio that way. I can't explain it. So anyway, the movie came out. It was shown on about 120 movie screens around the country, which isn't much really, but all right. And the entire movie made (laughs) $10,000. Yeah, (laughs) which has got to be a a massive loss. When you think about how much it costs to make a movie these days, that's got to be a massive loss. The story says the climate may be getting a little hot, but AOC's new movie, definitely not. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat New York, has had a new documentary out called To the End. And if the movie theaters are paying attention to the ticket sales, they realize it's already run the end. The flick opened on December 9th in 120 theaters, but since then has made actually not even $10,000. 
has made $9,667 total, according to Box Office Mojo. Yeah, that's $80. So if you figure, let's divide this up. If there's 120 movie theaters out there, that means out of each movie theater, each theater made about $80.55. So showing the movie is a loss to them at that point. So let's say ticket sales in major cities, not where you are locally, but major city ticket sales are quite a bit more than you might pay around here. So ticket sales around the country oftentimes are like $16 at Regal Theaters to go see this particular documentary. That would equate to about uh, 600 people who actually saw it. If we just do the math, this is how many theaters, how many people, 600 people saw the thing. Who were the 600? Yeah, well, there's a trailer to this thing. I might actually have to watch the trailer during one of these commercial breaks. I didn't realize there was a trailer to this thing. Okay, to the end. Perhaps the story says viewers just didn't want to sit through this. Stopping the climate crisis is a question of a political courage. The clock is ticking. Oh, I see. So the documentary by Ocasio-Cortez, sorry, Ocasio-Cortez, is about the climate crisis. And 600 people roughly went to see it. Over the years, the story says, turbulence of the crisis for young women to fight for the new Green Deal and ignite historic shift in U.S. climate policies. That's the movie synopsis. Let me go back and read this again. What I'm reading to you is the movie synopsis, okay? Stopping the climate crisis is a question of political courage. And the clock is ticking over three years of turbulence and crisis for young women to fight the new, for the Green New Deal and ignite historic shifts in U.S. US climate policies. Okay, that's what it says this is about. I'm surprised even 600 people bought tickets, but okay. Of course, the critics hailed it. Well, of course they did. Of course the critics hailed this. This is one of the reasons, add this to the many list of reasons, then when it comes to going to a movie or buying a book or whatever else, I don't listen to critics. I don't. I don't care if I agree with them or not. The film drew 83% approval from Rotten Tomatoes among the critics. Yeah, But even there, the movie got spotty reviews from the people who saw it. To the end, the story says, keeps its large canvas entertaining and informative. Sure it does. Even so, it preaches to the choir. Yeah, Well, that's according to Variety magazine. Greg Gutfield, host of Fox News The Five, mused about the movie's poor performance on Tuesday. Who would go to see a movie that's the opposite of entertaining, he said. There's nothing entertaining about that. But it does show you how great it is to be a progressive in a liberal culture. She really doesn't do her job right. She makes movies. She goes to galas. She sits for glossy, butt-kissing interviews with GQ and other women's magazines. You're supposed to adore this woman. Uh, Co-host Jesse Walters said AOC might be popular in her highly liberal enclave in New York, but that's about it. Now, here's what I think will happen with the Ocasio-Cortez movie that's supposed to thrill you and get you to fight for the Green New Deal. At some point, 
some news, well, some, some television networks will play it with some other documentaries. Nobody will watch it, but some will try to play it to get it out there a bit more. As of now, roughly 600 people saw it, and most of them, well, they were the choirs she was preaching to and didn't really think the documentary was all that great. I've got to go watch the trailer for this thing. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. Admit it. You were hoping somebody would say that. Hey, you need a good game. 87 Woods or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. There's a couple of comments. I got to go. Actually, I'm going to go back here. A couple of comments I'm getting about the AOC movie. So, actually, when I first thought, saw this, I thought it was a movie about AOC. But, no, it's a documentary by AOC about the climate crisis and the Green New Deal. Dave and Casper would rather put a sharp stick in his eye than watch the movie. He says, and now, Dave, I was thinking the same thing. However, for uh, interrogation purposes for prisoners in Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> sitting through this movie may get some important information out of them. Actually, or it would be considered cruel and unusual punishment. I tell you, I would actually like to sit and watch the thing, although it would be difficult to do, I know, just so I can get information into what more of how she thinks and what she's trying to do. Not because I want to get into her head. God, no, that'd be frightening. But because I just want to know what she's trying to sell a bit more. Rhiannon in Fort Danger says AOC was the 600 people. So in other words, she bought tickets and went to see it herself like 600 times. Yeah, that's like people put up a YouTube video and then go and watch their own video a bunch of times. And that used to tick up the numbers quite a bit. Okay, I posted this on my personal Facebook page. And see some of the comments that I got here. Eh, there we go. Okay. Um, who in the right mind thought this was worth their time, money to even produce, much less watch? Well, AOC did. Uh, let's see. There's some comments about her making an adult movie. <laughs> uh, made almost 10000 still way too much. It did not make a penny, and opening like this is a big loss. Was it only fans? I figured it would have done much better. Another one, who would watch this other than pathetic morons? Tim says, wrong type of movie for her. The only movie she would sell. And here's more X-rated comments. Uh, It made that much, huh? Said Chris. I don't think it needs any comment. Headline says it all. It flops hard on a Christmas movie. Or can you get to the bottom of... Oh, somebody sent me something about an email. Okay. I'll move that over here. There we go. So that's basically most people chiming in and saying they made that much money? Okay. Now, let's get on to money for a minute. Go back to a serious topic for just a moment here because this actually is something that drives me kind of nuts. Well, really nuts. So while you were sleeping, your federal government, including Republicans— 
passed another continuing resolution and are looking at another omnibus spending bill. Now, the continuing resolution is because your government's running out of money again, even though they've borrowed. When Trump was in office, just before he left office, Trump borrowed about $2 trillion for the whole COVID thing, right? Then Biden gets in office and there's another $5 trillion more. And yet they're still going broke in government. And that's not enough. They're running out of money, so they pass another continuing resolution, no budget on it. And they want another omnibus spending bill. Now, here's the omnibus part here. The House of Representatives voted voted mostly along party lines Wednesday to extend federal government funding by one week and give senior lawmakers more time to negotiate a full-year spending package. Continuing resolution with all Democrats present, again, some Republicans voting for this as well. Senate Appropriations Committee, Patrick Leahy of Vermont, ranking member, and talks about all the different members of Congress. Uh, this pain of inflation is real and is being felt. This is a quote, said Leahy. The pain of inflation is real being felt all across the federal government and by Americans right now. We cannot delay our work any further. Two-month continuing resolution does not provide any relief. What, you want to borrow more? Meantime, while all this was going on, Biden administration announced another $55 billion for Africa. White House said Monday, $55 billion in economic aid to African countries. Joe Biden hosted a meeting of African nations, which he divulged that information there. And there's all sorts of other things they continue to spend money on. But this is your government. Again, I was talking about this yesterday. I blame both parties for this. How can they possibly, over the past couple of years, borrow and print $7 trillion and be out of money and then get ready to pass yet another omnibus spending bill. Senator Rand Paul. This brings upon us the lie that Republicans really are fiscally conservative. The Democrats aren't. They will not pretend to be fiscally conservative. Not one of them up here gives a darn about the debt. Republicans all profess to, but when you make them vote on the PAYGO resolution, pay-as-you-go, that we can't have new spending without offsetting it, they always vote to exempt it. So the omnibus will be 3,000 pages. We'll get it two hours before they want to pass it. No one will read it. But hidden in the 3,000 pages will be we're going to waive PAYGO. 41 votes would stop the big spending. If 41 of us said no and held our ground until there was a compromise, we could force Democrats to reduce spending. We have completely and totally abdicated the power of the purse. Republicans are emasculated. They have no power, and they are unwilling to gain that power back. And, again, some Republicans voted for this as well. Now, with the omnibus bill, again, I talked about that yesterday. Once again, as you just heard Rand Paul say, it's going to be about 3,000 pages. Nobody knows what's in it. But, you know, as Pelosi said, you got to pass it to find out what's in it. But nobody knows what's in this. There's going to be dumped in front of members of Congress just before the vote. So there's no way, even with the help of their staff, there's absolutely no way any member of Congress can pour through this to find out what's in the bill and go through piece by piece saying, let's not do that, let's not do this. And so they have to vote for the whole thing or not. 
and members of Congress will do it for a lot of reasons, just party reasons. And you will find Republicans doing this as well. Now, what I'm looking for, because this is what I would do. You don't, you don't want me as your congressman. If I were, there's a lot of bills that I would just vote no on. Because they plop the bill in front of me. And even if I have help of my staff, they tell me, hey, we're going to be voting on this in an hour. Not just an omnibus bill. But think about how many other bills that get plopped in front of your congressman on a daily basis. Here, vote for this. And they're just supposed to vote for it without going through and understanding exactly what's in it. And so that's what we'll get. This is why that Green New Deal that Ocasio-Cortez was talking about couldn't get it passed as a Green New Deal. When she was offering up the entire Green New Deal package, even Democrats didn't want to vote for that. But you wait for omnibus spending bills like this, and you put little bits and pieces in, little bits and pieces over time. Eventually, the whole Green New Deal gets passed. The whole thing gets passed because nobody knows that they're voting for it. That's how they get away with things like this. So here, once again, your government has decided just to go ahead and spend future generations into oblivion without any care. And this is supposed to be helpful, by the way. This is one of the reasons why I, I tell you that I'm more, I'm more of a libertarian kind of a guy. You can see even the Republicans can't seem to figure this out. Republicans, again, some of them vote for this too. When Republicans are in power, when we give Republicans the House and the Senate and the presidency, this garbage still happens. One time, when I first came to Wyoming, I was interviewing Senator Enzi on the phone. And he had just voted to raise the debt ceiling. And I asked Senator Enzi, what is the purpose of a debt ceiling if every time we get to it, we just vote to raise it? Senator Enzi from Wyoming, a Republican, said on the air, it's a marker. No, Senator, it's not supposed to be a marker. It's supposed to be where you stop. That was the purpose of a debt ceiling for you to stop there and not go any higher. Another point Rand Paul made, because, you know, the economy, even through tough and recession times, our economy is still, it grows, right? If you wanted to balance the budget quickly, take an old budget. Let's go back to, let's say, he said 2019. Just pass that budget. Oh, another thing Rand Paul said, which I didn't know this was the case. With all of the spending that was going on with COVID, that COVID spending has just become part of regular spending. So you probably thought that, well, during the COVID era, we started to spend more because of COVID, but now as we're getting out of COVID, we're spending less, right? No, that extra COVID spending is now just part of the new budget. And they just continue to spend it. This is what happens as they go from one continuing resolution to the next without ever producing a budget. And let's not forget, during the Obama years, they never had a budget. There wasn't any budget during the Obama years. They just kept spending, which is not what they're supposed to be doing. By law, they're supposed to be producing a budget in Congress, which is why the gentleman called me a couple of days ago to talk about budget issues and what I I would do if I could wave my magic wand, is just pick a number. Now I'm going to pick a fantasy number. I'll pick $2 trillion, okay, just as a number. Tell Congress that's what you're allowed to spend. That's it. No more. 
figure it out. Oh, they're going to complain, but... Right? Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. Hey, for those people who want to travel I-25, I-25 between Cheyenne and Wheatland is closed this morning. Drifting snow. Article about it on the Wake Up Wyoming website. Six to time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. Uh, real quick here, I got something good for Jim in Casper. Hey, Jim, morning. I just assume you arrived a little bit late, and I didn't want you to miss out on this. So for those people who just heard it, I'm not going to do the whole story. I'm just going to give this little nugget to Jim. Hey, Jim. Googly Eyes Ocasio-Cortez put out a documentary that which she's in that was supposed to be about the Green New Deal and climate change. It showed in 120 theaters across the United States, and about maybe 600 people saw it tops. Yeah. And most of those people were not even happy with it. Even people who gave her great reviews, which is stupid, had mixed things to say about it. So so you, you go ahead and put a whole documentary together. It gets into movie theaters nationwide. About 600 people saw it. Maybe. She's the what? No, I'm not. She's the That's a sexist term. She's the Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. Okay, so that was just for Jim to make him feel better. Now, moving on, I got another note here uh, from Mark. Godforsaken Hill just outside of Casper is where he writes from. Uh, we were talking about spending a moment ago and how your Congress just voted on another continuing resolution. And again, let's not forget, COVID spending is now just part of the budget. They're just adding that in as part of the budget. You thought that would have gone away, right? But no, they're just adding that in. But here's another continuing resolution, because your government, despite borrowing and printing $7 trillion over the past few years, is still broke. I don't know how that happens, but they're out of money again. And then there's another omnibus spending bill that nobody knows in. Nobody knows what's in it. It's going to get shoved in front of Congress. And they're going to vote for it. And some Republicans are going to vote for it, too. So Mark writes, this is a slippery slope of losing financial discipline, mainly on one side. But who wants to take your medicine um, party when the other side is giving out cake and ice cream? Okay. In other words, what I'm gathering from what you're writing there is the Democrats will use all of this spending to get people to vote for them. And if they're giving away all this free stuff... It's very difficult to be the party that says we're not going to give away all these gifts anymore. And he'd be right about that. It's very difficult. I mean, to, if if we were to – here in Wyoming, we had to cut spending. 
when money was rolling in, the state of Wyoming, which is supposed to be a conservative state, was spending like crazy. But then here comes a big crunch and we have to start cutting back. And all the screaming that went on, oh, dear Lord, it was the end of the world for a lot of people. Well, things are continuing on just fine. Those people who are no longer getting grants and so on figured it out. Oh, there would be a lot of freakouts if Congress actually got physical discipline and started balancing our budget and paying down our debt and so on. Oh, my Lord, the screaming and crying that you would hear. In fact, I remember some years ago, it was Mitt Romney when he was running, and he actually ran as a Republican for president. I don't know how he got away with that. I don't know how he's a Republican now, but all right. And he said if he was president, he would quit sending money to public media, like public television. And members of Congress went rushing out in front of the cameras with people in suits like uh, from Sesame Street, stuff, shows like that. You know, people dressed up like Big Bird and so on. Well, if, if we stop funding public television, shows like this will go away. Hey, do you know that the guy who wears the Big Bird costume makes about $300,000 a year? Sesame Street makes loads of money. That is not a nonprofit show. They make a ton of money. Toys, clothes, school supplies, bed sheets, games, the list goes on and on and on. And so do a lot of other public television shows and public radio as well. They make enough money on their own. They don't need public funding. But try to just cut that back and watch the freak out. It's very difficult to stop this kind of spending because of the number of people across America that demand it. At some point, we're going to have to, or it all does come crashing down. And I did talk to a young man just uh, a couple of months ago who actually works with me here. He was under the impression that America, he really is under the impression that America won't run out of money. We're too big to fail. The the idea that government is just a bottomless pit of money and we can just go ahead and borrow and print whatever we want and just keep doing what we're doing. There is nobody in Congress right now, except maybe Rand Paul, who's fiscally responsible. And neither are the American people for that matter. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather update. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. It's the time wake up Wyoming off. We go to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, so, Frank, you ever get deliveries at home? Uh, we'll start with pizza. That's simple enough. It's been so long yeah. that I can't even remember the last time. Okay. A lot, that's big business today. People go door dash. And oh, yeah. Grubhub, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently some wildlife is beginning to figure this out. There's a <laughs> post that I just put up. Now, this is from Seminole, Florida, and the husband and wife actually decided to video this off of their uh, camera that they have you know, outside there. Yeah. Rather than confront the bear. Who A realized, bear is trying to steal pizza? Yeah, no, Chick-fil-A. Oh. And <laughs> so what had happened was the, the Chick-fil-A guy shows up, rings the doorbell, leaves a package there, and takes off. Okay. All right, so the bear has figured out, oh, that's the Chick-fil-A guy. 
or some other delivery guy. And you can see this is really interesting to watch. The bear just kind of tiptoes up. <laughs> the bear didn't just walk over there and grab it and walk off. No, the bear just kind of tiptoes up, gently grabs the bag in his teeth, and then turns and sneaks off with it. I'm thinking the bear knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, and he's probably, yeah. well... And I guess he likes Chick-fil-A. I guess. Like see, those waffle fries, you know? Yeah. On those rare occasions when I've actually ordered some kind of a delivery there, I make sure I'm, a, I'm in a position. So as the delivery guy is walking toward my front door, I'm opening my front door to greet him. It's not bears that I'm worried about. It's people swiping stuff off my front porch, which I, is happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I could not imagine a case where a bear would be a porch pirate. Yeah, well, okay. I guess, I guess they've graduated to that, too. Hang on. Uh, uh, I just posted this story. Hey, Miss Mary, I think Frank just nailed it. Is the bear a porch pirate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he is. I'm saying That's he is. my Chick-fil-A, not yours. Yeah, see, I just named him a sneaky bear. But if we went for the porch pilot headline on this one, that's pretty good because that's exactly what these bears do. They go sniffing around on front and back porch to see what's available out there. And if it smells good, they just kind of pick it up and sneak off with it. Now, we'll arrest the guy who does that. But does the bear get arrested? No. 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 Our latest Wild Preps High School basketball poll is out in 4A boys. Cheyenne East rated number one. Cheyenne Central second. Thunder Basin third. Sheridan fourth and Star Valley fifth. In 3A, Douglas rated number one, followed by Warland, Lyman, Powell, and Buffalo. In 2A, Pine Bluffs rated number one in boys play. Bighorn second. Tongue River third. Rocky Mountain fourth. Wind River fifth. And in 1A, Saratoga rated first. Upton second. Burlington third. Southeast fourth. Dubois and Little Snake River tie for fifth. On the girls' side, Cody is rated number one, followed by Cheyenne East, Campbell Con- Natrona and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Douglas Dumro Uno at Lyman 2nd, Newcastle 3rd, Mountain View 4th, and Buffalo 5th. In 2A, Rocky Mountain number 1, followed by in Wyoming Indian, Tongue River, Shoshone, and Burns. And in 1A, Southeast number 1, followed by Upton, Burlington, Cokeville, and Rock River. Also in high school basketball, the huge Flaming Gorge tournament starts today in Green River and Rock Springs. On the boys' side today, Casper Natrona will play Lyman at 2.40 this afternoon. Cheyenne South will entertain Mountain View at 4.20. And Casper Kelly Walsh meets Thunder Basin at 7.40 tonight. On the girls' side of the Flaming Gorge, Kelly Walsh and Cheyenne South at 2.40, and that tournament runs through Saturday. There's a couple of high school signings. Cheyenne Central's Madison Bailey will be headed to Southern Utah University for track and field at last year's state track meet. She plays third in the 4A 100-meter hurdles in 15.65, fifth in the 300-meter hurdles in 46.89, and fifth in the high jump at 5 feet even. Bailey also ran the anchor leg on Central's 4x100-meter relay team that took sixth. She's an all-conference basketball player and an all-conference volleyball player. Brecken McClintock from Casper and Natrona signed out with Montana Tech for football. He's a 4A All-State selection at the wide receiver spot with 26 catches for 330 yards and three touchdowns and was an All-State selection as a defensive back with four interceptions. McClintock also competes in track and played American Legion baseball with the Casper Drillers this past season. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in the Legends of Basketball Showcase in Chicago to meet Dayton. It'll be a 6 p.m. start on Saturday. You can hear that game on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will be on the road at Nebraska on Sunday afternoon at Lincoln at 1 p.m. Cowgirls have won four in a row, and they sit at 6-3 and three overall. That's it in sports. So, okay, as we head toward the weekend here, there's still some parts of you know Wyoming closed down. I-25 between Wheatland and Cheyenne closed right now. Does any of this still affect any schools? Well, I, I, I think there are a couple of teams that probably didn't make their uh, anything that they were competing probably yesterday or today. Okay. As far as I know, I mean, and there's a lot of events... 
they'll be on their way, or if they're not, they're already. Okay. Um, so that that being said, if if the roads are open, they'll go slow and they'll right. they'll, they'll get there. Okay. Well, they have you know today, tomorrow, to and you know and yeah. you know and there's events on Saturday too. Okay. So so yeah, they maybe wait through today, get into tomorrow. I have company at my house right now. The plane was supposed to land in Gillette, but Gillette is closed. Okay. So they had to land in Casper, which is not where their car is. <laughs> so I have company for a couple of days until that gets resolved. <laughs> well, uh, well, all righty then. Yeah. Welcome to Wyoming. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take. We're going to roll into news time after that. And I'll oh, get a load of this. Oh, you're going to hate this. Biden is sending South Africa $8 billion to shut down their coal plants. Oh, God. All right, we'll get into that next. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. Wake up, my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I just switched my own topics again. Do that now and then. Story pops up, and I go, "What?" And I go ahead and switch topics on you. And I'm going to stick with the dead for just a bit because I just came across something as I was ending the last hour. Now, before I get to that, it does have to do with big time debt and spending. That's going to infuriate you. But hang on a second here. Let's see, take a look at a story that I just put up in the Wake Up Wyoming site. It has to do with I-25. So if you wanted to take I-25 between Cheyenne and Wheatland, currently closed in that area. A lot of drifting snow, a lot of wind in the area, a lot of drifting snow. So maybe till about uh, 9 o'clock this morning or so is when they're guessing, but just keep an eye on YDOT. And they'll let you know right now that area of I-25 is closed and a few other Back highways around are also really sketchy or closed as well. Believe it or not, well, I'm going to check here. I'm calling up the Whiteout website right now, but I-80 is open. I know, right? How does that happen? But no, I-80 is, they're redlining it like it still could close. I-80 still could close because of drifting snow. But the last I looked is, but it's currently open barely. That section of I-25, though, that's what's closed, again, between Cheyenne and Wheatland because of all of that drifting snow. And then there's some other roads. So you might think, well, okay, I'll go around that section of I-25. You can. There's a way to do that. There are those back highways. But some of those back highways are really sketchy, too. In fact, the wind is actually even stronger to the east of Cheyenne and Chugwater and Wheatland than it is right up and down that stretch of highway. So let's, oh, I got to add another segment. Okay, hang on, folks. I'm going to have to update my story. Okay, update on the story here. So I-80 is now closed, okay, since I last talked to you guys. From Nebraska all the way through Cheyenne, all the way to Roland, I-80 is closed. Cheyenne all the way up to Douglas, I-25 is closed. 
And if you tried to go around, let's say you went from, let's say you want to go up through Burns. Here's another update. Hang on, folks. Pardon me. Another update here. Okay. You can now use I-80, but again, it's there's a thing they do. They redline it, but they put a white stripe up the middle. Yeah, which means very sketchy. Technically not closed, but wouldn't try it. But let's say you wanted to get on 85, which is a highway that goes up through Burns, past LaGrange, Yoder. That's where Chet is, over there in Yoder. That road is open, but by the time you get to Torrington and then try to turn back toward I-25, yeah, probably not. And that's where I-25 is closed in that area. So, and then other back highways, 85 continuing from Lingle up is closed. 18 and 20 going east to west, that's closed as well. Okay, so yeah, we got some serious problems there with the highway. That's just a lot of blowing snow. So I do have Don Day on at 840, uh, 7.45 to talk to me about weather conditions. And we do have... Some colder weather coming, but for the next couple of days, it's just a lot of blowing snow out there. It's also, as you can see here, with me updating you, it's changing while I'm reading it to you. That's blowing snow for you. Okay, so last hour I mentioned that your House of Representatives in D.C. passed a continuing resolution. The Senate will probably do it too. Some Republicans voted for it because somehow or other your government is broke despite the fact that they borrowed like $7 trillion over the past few years. Between Trump's last year and Biden's uh, first couple of years here, they borrowed about $7 trillion, your government. And yet they're out of money. And it might surprise you that the COVID money that they were going to do away with at the end of the whole COVID crisis, they just consider that part of their spending now. So they just continue to spend that. And then beyond that, there's another omnibus spending bill that the Democrats want to push through. And they have no idea what's in it, but it's like 3,000 pages long. So let's go ahead and give money to Africa. That was about $80 billion. And then there's this next one. Billions and 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 billions. There was the $80 billion that Biden wants to send to Africa. He's going to. Yes, yes, Hang on. Okay, so... Now, how about sending about $8 billion to shut down coal plants in South Africa? Yeah, President Biden proclaimed Wednesday the United States and other G7 countries will donate to get South Africa off coal and onto wind and solar. What a big mistake that's going to be for South Africa as they wind up like Germany did when Germany tried that. And Germany is turning their coal plants back on. And by the way, if South Africa wanted to make this switch, let them figure out how to do it. How is it on us? Quote, today's announcement joined a portfolio of partnerships for global infrastructure investments, said the president, including mobilizing $8 billion in public and private finance, help South Africa replace coal fire power plants. And then here's where it, this is, I'm always going to attack this every time I say it. With renewable energy source, not clean, not green, not sustainable, not reliable, not affordable, not renewable. It's not any of those things. But all right. 
Also, Biden said the money will be spent on developing cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen worth about $2 billion. Look, I'm all for coming up with new ideas for energy. That's great. But let the private sector do that. Now, on that note, go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. So we're supposed to have development of a nuclear power plant here in the state of Wyoming. Now, they're supposed to officially break ground on that plant. 2023. Well, they might still break ground on that on 2023, but go ahead and back off a little bit on what date they're going to be done by, by about two years at least. Yeah, already there's delays. Now, if you're thinking, because when I first saw that headline, I thought, bureaucracy delays? in the No, not bureaucracy. In this case, they're wondering how they're going to get the nuclear material Because the kind of nuclear material which is heavily refined that they would be using, the uranium, only comes from one place, Russia. Yeah, we don't do that in the United States anymore. Now, even our own governor and some other members uh, here in the House and Senate and so on here in the state of Wyoming said, well, and even on the federal level, well, let's go ahead and set it up so we can refine uranium to that quality here in the United States. In fact, you and I have suggested on this program, as we've talked about this, uranium is available right here in Wyoming. And if you wanted to refine it to that level, you could do that right here in Wyoming. And yet, much like other forms of energy, no longer exists. They were pushed out. Now we'd like to have them back. So this has to be delayed for a time, at least a couple of years, so we can figure out what to do. Maybe get a processing plant built here in the United States. But in order to get a processing plant built, here we go again. So Terra Power is, well, they've already got $2 billion from Congress to build this plant. There we go. The first thing I asked when they said they were going to build this plant, where's the money coming from? There is some private sector money, but here comes your federal government involved in this as well. Now, in part, this idea comes from Bill Gates. I'm thinking he has enough money that he can go ahead and do this. This can be done with all private money, but now here's more of your taxpayer money. But they want another $2.1 billion beyond that because they want to build a facility here in the United States where they can start refining that uranium in the United States like Russia has been doing to the quality that we can actually fuel that nuclear power plant here in the state of Wyoming. But in order to do that, you have to get through Congress. You have to get through the bureaucracy. And the company that certainly has enough money wants more money, billions from Congress to get something like this rather than doing it on their own dime. I would love for Congress to turn and say, we don't do that. I would love for Congress to say, hey, South Africa, if you would like to make the mistake of going all wind and solar, do it on your own money. By the way, again, there's another $80 billion we send to African countries in general. This is your federal spending for you, right? As if we're some kind of bottomless pit. So, yeah, your power plant here in the state of Wyoming will be delayed at least a couple of years until we, probably beyond that, until we can figure out how to refine that kind of uranium right here in the United States because of the recent activities of Russia in the Ukraine.
No, China doesn't have that kind of uranium either. You would think they would have it available. Why would we? You know, we're America. Why would we be refining uranium like that? It's not like we have free enterprise or anything, do we? And now, these days, when we do something on a scale like this, somehow these companies always have to go with their hands out to the federal government looking for billions of dollars from the federal government when, in most cases, these companies have enough of their own money to get this project done. They don't need the federal government. But, hey, that's Congress for you. That's... That's your government, an endless pit of money. With all economic factors indicating the U.S. is heading for a prolonged recession, some experts are suggesting that the government should stop dumping all of our money into an enormous hole. Is it time to close the national money hole? Uh, that kind of talk is, is alarmist and irresponsible. America needs the money hole. Right. Was Driving truckloads of money out into the New Mexico desert and dumping it into a massive pit is one of America's greatest traditions. It's Frankly, it's a national yes. now, treasure. Look, no reasonable yes. person is advocating that we are going to stop to destroying money. But the American people earn that money. They have the right to decide how it should be destroyed. Well, so I you are in favor of personal money yes, holes. Yes, people should be able to dump money into a hole in their backyard or flush it down the toilet. Let the free market decide the most efficient way of destroying My money. My father worked two jobs so he'd have money to put in the money hole, oh. and he never complained. You can't depend on private money holes to destroy that money. Duncan's right. I mean, some of this money could blow away. Yes. Some of it may not be correctly buried. Birds I mean, there's too many variables. the government gasoline into the money hole and lights it on fire to make sure all the money is destroyed. It's I just, love the money it, fire. It's just like they say, you have to throw money in a hole and set it on fire to make money. Okay, but find the cheapest way to destroy that money, like shredding it up and feeding it to hogs. Tell that to the digger who's worked the graveyard shift for 20 years. Digging the hole is all he knows. The sheer number of shovelers that it takes to maintain but that hole. But if we're talking about <laughs> closing holes, I mean, what about the soldier hole? How about, how about the energy hole? I mean, I can't believe that closing the money hole is even on the table. Don't close the money Pushing hole. this pro-hole agenda, is the money hole lobby paying you? I resent that accusation. I do not take money from special interests. And if I did, I would throw it right in the hole because I am a patriot. If you love America, you throw money in its hole. If I manage to make it through this week, I would like my street jacket to be black leather and my helmet to sparkle. Thank you. But a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 7.24 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming. I'm Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. Cowboy State Daily story falls right into what I've been talking about for just a little while here. So you know, we're going to send, the United States is going to send about $8 billion along with some other countries to South Africa so they can get off of coal. And put up wind and solar, which is going to be a major problem for South Africa once they do that. Take a look at what happened in California, in Germany, and other countries that try to go all wind and solar. And why is it on us to put out all that money? Why are we paying for the nuclear power plant that's being built here in Wyoming? And now we got to refine nuclear, well, uranium to a certain uh, quality in order to run that plant. And Russia is the only one who does that, so now we have to do it which we should have had private companies doing that already anyway, but okay. So who do they go to? Government for the money to do that. All right. Energy expert says, report that, now I, I'm going to correct this. It says renewables. They are not renewables. Wind and solar 
are going to overtake the world is improbable. The International Energy Agency released a, again, put it in quotes, renewables 2022 report this month, which blames the global energy crisis on the invasion of Ukraine. Now, hold on. Yes, that did have an impact on energy, but the problems that we're having in Europe, for example, and in California, were happening before that. So you can't totally blame that. It also declares high energy costs to be a great opportunity for the growth in what, again, renewable energy, on the assumption that greater amounts of intermittent wind and solar will increase energy supply, breaking down costs. The report forecasts over the next five years, wind and solar will grow as much as they did in the past 20 years. The report lays out a five-year outlook. Okay, perception versus reality. But what the report says... And then what they leave out is very different. Washington Post covered a report with the headline that, again, let's put quotes for around renewables to overtake coal as world's top energy source by 2025. Not happening. The Post is equating electrical generation with energy use. Electricity is about 20% of the world's energy use. The vast bulk of industrial heating, which comes entirely from cooking uh, coal, natural gas, transportation of wind and solar. Wind and solar do a small amount. There's There's a lot of reasons for that, but okay. As for the growth of wind and solar, the forecast, uh, Mark Mills, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and facility fellow at Northern University, School of Energy and Applied Sciences says it's improbable. What makes it unlikely, he says, is that the cost of wind and solar panels are rapidly increasing. Wind turbine orders fell 36% in Europe. Remember the story I gave you guys? I thought this was just one of the best stories I'd read all year. That Germany, because they needed reliable energy, were restarting a coal plant. The coal plant set right next to a coal mine that they had to reopen. In order to expand the coal mine, they had to take down the wind farm that was sitting on top of the old coal mine to get at the coal to start the coal power plant so they could have reliable energy. He says the world is was more expensive machines, higher interest rate, developers are canceling big projects. And I got to throw into this story, let's take a look also at what they call rare earth minerals, able to get at that, and many other factors that I've given you guys over the years which show why this stuff, they keep calling it sustainable energy, why it's not. But here's an expert who works with several major universities saying, yeah, this isn't going to overtake coal or natural gas. It just simply, well, remember why you're warm today. Are you nice and toasty and warm where you are? Where I'm at, it's 18 degrees. The reason I'm so warm in my studio here is because, well, not wind and solar, because there's a coal plant up the road. Coming up on 730 Local News Company Way. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Don Day will join me at 745. His weather forecast for the next few days and next week is really important. Hang on for that. Wake up, Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 
736 to time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I want to keep reminding people if you're trying to get between Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, let's say Douglas, Wyoming, uh, some of that highway is closed. Some of the back highways are closed, too. So consult YDOT. There's a lot of changes happening. Don Day will be on with me in a few minutes because not just this week's weather, but next week's weather, you're going to really want to pay attention to that. Big changes coming your way. So let me see here. Uh, I, one more thing on climate. Then I got other stories for you, but this one you'll love. This is different. According to a new study, apparently protesting is bad for the environment. Yeah. Let's go back. Remember, of course, we had uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and groups like that. And before that even, way before that, there was Occupy Wall Street, right? And some of those protests got really violent. I mean, they were attacking the police. They were taking over downtown areas. They were burning stores, you know, stuff like that. Well, according to a recently released study, (laughs) demonstrations like this are really bad. Clashes between civilians and police turn violent. There's the overlooked cost to both sides, a mutual destruction of shared environmental space, tear gas, water cannons, things set on fire, pepper spray, okay, traffic barricades that are set on fire, tires are set on fire. Then there's helicopters brought in, military vehicles brought in, all hallmarks of the modern-day protests. That causes also injury, endangers human life, can violate human lives, and poses, all of that poses substantial risk to the climate. So, for those people, next time we see some kind of active protest like that, right, and we see them get violent and start to set things on fire and make barricades and set the barricades on, light dumpsters on fire and push those down the street. Lighting stores on fire. Then here come the police with all of their heavy equipment and tear gas. Remember, the protesters started this. Whatever they're protesting, they didn't have to do this. They started this. And their protest is causing climate change. (laughs) See, no, this kind of stuff just really makes my day. I'm going to remember this. I'm taking this story here. I'm putting it aside in some little place where I can find it again. Because it will happen again at some point, a bunch of idiot protesters. Well, it happens all over the world all the time anyway. But I'm specifically talking about here in America. When we have a bunch of idiot protesters like we did a couple of years ago, taking over downtown areas and rioting all night long, I'm just going to inform them in case they didn't know, you're causing climate change by doing this. They don't care, obviously, about stores that they're burning down, many of them in their own neighborhoods. They don't care about that. They don't care when they light a dumpster on fire or set tires on fire. Does it not strike them when they're setting tires on fire and dumpsters on fire and stores that this is all, all of that smoke is going up into the atmosphere? Yeah, this is causing climate change. I guess no one's ever told. I got to make some memes about this. 
and put it out. Next time, I know, he, the thing I think I'll do is make like a file, right, and put all of this in there, a bunch of memes and everything, and just be ready to go. And so the next time this happens, and it will, I'll just launch all of that stuff out onto the Internet and let folks like you spread it. But not just to your friends. Make sure it gets out to those people who are supporting these protesters. Because what do they say then when they're accused of causing catastrophic climate change because they protested? That just made me feel real good. Now I'm going to make the rest of you who haven't heard because I, I opened with this early this morning. Ocasio-Cortez, googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez, put out a documentary that was all about fighting the climate crisis and the Green New Deal. Her documentary appeared in 120 movie theaters and was quickly dropped from those theaters because nobody was showing up to see it. Out of 120 movie theaters, the grand total might be around 600 people saw the documentary And even then, there's questions as to whether everybody set through the whole thing. Massive, massive bomb. I'm sure you will see this on some late-night television station somewhere when they need something to run. But uh, massive, massive bomb. She was hoping that her documentary would take over the world and change lives. Apparently, nobody cared. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Wow, time flies all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS for the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 745 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day, Day Weather. Okay, first off, Don, I keep looking at the YDOT roadmap, and I-25 from Cheyenne North is closed, but how far north keeps changing also, the roads to the east of that have started to close down. I'm thinking snowdrifts. I-80 was open, but that's closing again. I'm thinking we just have a lot of drifting snow out there. We do. And, and a lot of our problems are, yeah, as you said, the blowing and drifting of the snow, especially when it comes to I-25. But also, this storm just creamed Nebraska. And so they they are backed up in Nebraska with blizzard conditions and huge drifts and all of those things. So the eastbound closure on I-80 is more to do with Nebraska than it has to do with uh, I-80 in Wyoming. Now, that being said, it's still no fun. They're blowing and drifting, and and that's going to be a problem, sections of Interstate 90 as well. The winds just aren't going to let up much, and so that is going to continue to be a a travel hazard through tomorrow. Now, we'll get to the long-term travel hazard in just a minute. This weekend, you keep saying, just cold. How cold? And cold and windy? Yeah, not as windy as what we're experiencing now, but don't expect a, a big warm-up. A lot of times after a storm, we'll get a Chinook and we'll get we'll melt some snow and we'll warm into the 40s and 50s. That's not going to happen. The best we're going to do this weekend is 20s and 30s, uh, single digits and teens. The western valleys of Wyoming will, see go, will be going below zero at night as cold air will get trapped there in those valleys. So it's really not going to warm up much, but at the same time, we don't see a lot of weather coming through other than some mountain snow showers between tomorrow and you know probably up through Monday. But right. by the middle to the end of next week, we're going to see another release of Arctic air into the western United States. And then we're going to see that Arctic air go across the nation 
right. late next week into next weekend, and that's going to cause a, a variety of problems across a large part of the U.S. Okay, so I did see a big cool down for, I mean, big cool down for next week. Does that bring in more wind and snow? Well, there is going to be some wind and some snow with the Arctic front. Okay. So we should expect some. Too early to talk about accumulations. But usually when we get an Arctic front like this, right. you're going to get a light to moderate snow event with some wind. And then the Arctic air pours in behind it. And, you know, one thing that happens is when you get the snow cover like we have now over the northern and central Rockies and the northern plains and snow all across the ground in Canada, that's just like laying a carpet out to make the next arctic front it's kind of like it's kind of like lubricating it right being able to make it go further and make it go faster across the region and so we'll end up seeing snow ice uh, wind go west to east across the country late next week and towards christmas weekend and it's going to go into the major population centers of the central and eastern areas of the u.s and that's going to lead to a whole host of Christmas right. travel problems. And there's where I was leading with this real quick now, and let's get into it a lot as we get closer to this. For those people holding tickets to go see their family for Christmas, well, probably a bad idea. <laughs> well, I, I, would, I would say stay on top of it. And yeah. if, you, if you have the opportunity to change flights to stay ahead of the storm, right. the timing of that, uh, that's that's always much better than trying to react after the fact. All right. And we'll get into more detail about that as we get into later. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Don Thank Day you. from Dayweather. So, yeah, that's I, I do want to get into some detail about that because your Christmas travel plans might be screwed up by what's moving out toward the east. That's going to hit some major travel hubs and really screw up airline travel and go over to Frank Gambino, who's over there in the icebox. So basically what he was saying is if you thought it was cold this week, you know, next week ought to be, I'd say, a whole lot worse than that, Frank. Uh, so in other words, every flight to Florida is yeah. going to be packed. Standing room only. People will be standing in the aisles. Pretty much, yeah. In the cargo hold. That's what we're going for. Yeah, we'll go for standing in the cargo hold. Why yeah. not? Yeah, okay. I hear something on the brighter. No, let's say I already did that. Never mind. We already talked about that. Forget that. Let's, let's do this for just a minute here. Have you been on a plane before where you got stuck because of winter weather travel? <sighs> Probably. I, yeah. I remember one time we, um, I was in Chicago. The fog was so bad you couldn't even see down the block. Okay. I mean, so nobody, nobody moved. All right. Uh, the, the reason I mentioned this is because when I was taking a look at, at Don Day's forecast, picture some of the big travel hubs around the United States, like Atlanta. There's a saying in the South. If you die and go to hell, you'll have to change over in Atlanta <laughs> on the way. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's one of the places that's going to get hit by this, which is why I was warning oh, people. Damn. When it comes to your travel plan, and this is just before Christmas, too. So this is why when I went to visit my family recently, I looked at the gap between Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, you can get tickets really cheap. Yeah during that time. And so I turned to my family and said, you know, I'm just going to do this from now on. And I really feel bad for people who have those tickets and are determined to get to their family come this holiday, because this is going to be, I'm just preparing for a mess that I'll be talking about next week. And, and in Atlanta, it doesn't take much in no. terms of winter because they don't get it very often. Right. But it's, they get ice. I saw uh, just recently someone posted uh, for Southerners, 
uh, stay home, don't go outside. For northerners, put on your big coat. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much how it works. Yeah, there you go. Our latest Wyo Preps High School basketball poll is out in 4A, Cheyenne East rated number one, Cheyenne Central second, Thunder Basin third, Sheridan fourth, and Star Valley fifth, and 3A, Douglas rated number one, followed by Warland, Lyman, Powell, and Buffalo. In 2A, Pine Bluffs rated first, Bighorn second, Tongue River third, Rocky Mountain fourth, and Wind River fifth. And in 1A, Saratoga rated first, Upton second, Burlington third, Southeast fourth, and Dubois and Little Snake. River tie for fifth. On the girls' side, Cody is the number one rated team in 4A, followed by Cheyenne East, Campbell County, Natron, and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Douglas, Numero Uno, with Lyman second, Newcastle third, Mountain View fourth, and Buffalo fifth. Over in 2A, Rocky Mountain one, Wyoming Indian two, Tongue River three, Shoshone four, and Burns five. Finally, in 1A, Southeast number one, followed by Upton, Burlington, Cokeville, and Rock River. Also in high school basketball, the huge Flaming Gorge tournament starts today in Green River and Rock Springs. On the boys' side today, Casper and Natrona will play Lyman at 240 this afternoon. Afternoon, Cheyenne South entertains Mountain View at 4:20. Casper Kelly Walsh meets Thunder Basin at 7:40 tonight on the girls' side. Kelly Walsh and Cheyenne South at 2:40, and that tournament will run through Saturday. There's also a couple of high school signings. Cheyenne Central's Madison Bailey will be headed to Southern Utah University for track and field at last year's state track meet. She plays third in the 4A 100 meter hurdles in 15:65, fifth in the 300 meter hurdles at 46:89, and fifth in the high jump at five feet even. Bailey also ran the anchor leg on Central's 4x100 meter relay team as they won the state championship for the second year in a row. And Bailey's also an all-conference basketball player and an all-conference volleyball player. Brecken McClintock from the Trona signed out with Montana Tech for football. He was a 4A All-State selection at the wide receiver spot with 26 catches for 330 yards and three touchdowns. An All-State selection as a defensive back with four interceptions. McClintock competes in track and played American Legion baseball with the Casper Drillers this past season. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in the Legends of Basketball Showcase in Chicago uh, to meet Dayton on Saturday at 6 p.m. You can hear that game on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will be on the road at Nebraska on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. in Lincoln. And the Cowgirls have won four in a row and they sit at 6-3 and three overall. That's it in sports. Next, now this is a week out, so we got to take this with a heavy grain of salt yeah, here. very heavy. Next Thursday, temperature high of 6. Next Thursday, yeah. that will be the 22nd. Uh-huh. Overnight low, minus 11. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, here I am trying to drag out of Dawn Day. So what's it going to be doing next week? I don't think he wants to talk about it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can go someplace other than Florida. Yes. Well, here's the deal, How about, though. like, Ecuador? If this forecast holds, which I really doubt because it's, again, it's like a week out, it goes between, let me see, uh, Wednesday it's 26 degrees, Thursday it's 6 degrees, Friday it's 33. They, remember those Super Bowls we used to play with when we were kids? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's basically it's like taking the Super Bowl and just bing, bouncing bing, bing, it. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Get into the eight o'clock hour, you and I, and we'll do open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine. I just kind of roll with it. It's wake up my own. Give back.
six is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. I'm going to real quick call up once again just to keep track of because the condition is evolving because of the wind out there. What's happened with some of the highways east side of Wyoming, southeast side of Wyoming. Take a look at that. But then real quick, I look, I opened this morning with it. I want every group that joins me because throughout the morning – it kind of rotates as people come in and out of the program. There are people who listen to the entire program, but people kind of come and go during the course of the morning. So I don't want you to miss out on this. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news about googly eyes. Ocasio-Cortez. There's that one, and then for those who remember the actor Marty Feldman and those wild eyes that he has, someone redid the song. Yeah, was it uh, to Marty Feldman's eyes? What was the original? Why is the original title slipping my mind? Anyway. Size. That's why. I don't know why that slipped my mind. Anyway, Ocasio-Cortez released a documentary about the climate crisis and the Green New Deal. And the documentary appeared in about 120 movie theaters. And it bombed so bad, maybe, maybe 600 people saw it in the entire country. I just wanted to toss that out to help make your day. You're welcome. She's the craziest girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the craziest girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the craziest girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. C-R-A-Z-Y. Okay, so let's get to the real story that I have in front of you here. Uh, it crashed. Okay, that Wyoming travel information didn't come up. I'm taking a look at uh, the roads for it because it's evolving because of all the wind. There's a lot of snow drifts. Several highways closed out there. I'll get that to you as soon as I can. Los Angeles. Now, I pronounce it that way because that's how my childhood hero Bugs Bunny pronounced it. Don't tell me that Bugs was wrong. Them's fighting words. Los Angeles has an entire hotel for the homeless. That's sitting pretty much empty. The story says there aren't necessarily other projects like this, said Jet Doyle, former chief advocate officer for the Skid Row Housing Trust. By the way, this is something I didn't know. Throughout my entire life, I always heard about Skid Row. Well, you know, some of you don't watch out. You're going to wind up living on Skid Row. And I always wondered, where did they get Skid Row from? Turns out that's an actual street in Los Angeles. That's filled with drug addicts and homeless people and so on and prostitution. It has been for a very long time. So Skid Row Housing Project, which serves the Cecil Buildings manager, in, in addition to an all-private capital financing, she notes that it's unusual for landlords to be willing to accept any tenant based on some voucher to move in. And yet, a year later, most of the place is unoccupied. And this is a big, tall hotel, too. This is not not like some hotel plaza, right? At the time when more than 40,000 people are experiencing homelessness in Los Angeles. Think about that. Now, we're here in Wyoming. 
if I say 40,000 people in one place, that's a big town by Wyoming standards. That's bigger than Gillette. That's a, by Wyoming standards, that's a good sized town. 40,000 people experiencing homelessness. Then how many people are couch surfing with friends? And how many people are on the verge of it? I know quite a few people personally that have just moved out of California. They make good money, but that's not enough to live in California, especially Los Angeles. It may seem unfathomable, the story says, but 400 units are empty in the building on Skid Row. Yeah, Now L.A. has declared a homelessness crisis. But even with solid funding and the best of intentions, the Cecil Project has struggled to overcome a system beset with slow-moving bureaucracy. That's a big part of the problem. And multiple failure points and offer housing services to a population with a myriad of needs. So you get the idea. But now I remember... Some This is a few decades ago. There was, in North Carolina, a homelessness advocacy group, and they were protesting, and they just want homes built for the homeless. That's what they were protesting. Just build homes for the homeless, and we won't have homelessness anymore. Now, again, even though, even though this was many decades ago, I at the time was saying, nah, it's not going to solve your problem. Well, you might think it sounds logical, right? A homeless person doesn't have a home, so if you get them a home, then they're no longer homeless, right? No, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes, and I put this in my book, The Uncomplicated Life, a lot of times that's just a symptom of what the problem really is. In many cases, someone who's homeless is not homeless simply because they don't have a house. Oh, they're not making enough money. You would think that would be the problem, but... It's usually something much deeper. Drug addiction. A myriad of mental health issues as well. There's all sorts of reasons why people wind up homeless. And so just saying, well, we're just going to give you a place to stay. So that solves the problem, right? You haven't actually addressed the problem. Now, I can use, I have used that same analogy on other things. I'm not going to change the subject, but to give you an idea. Gun control. Well, if we just ban guns then this murder thing we have a problem with, especially mass murder, that's just going to stop. Really? Because the U.K. tried that, and the murder rate went up. And people started stabbing each other, and the murder rate actually went up. Well, the problem wasn't the gun, the wasn't the weapon that the people use. you got to look for the actual root cause of what the problem is. Now, there are several. Again, it's a myriad of problems. but. In most cases, what you're looking for is mental health issues, drug addiction, okay, things like that. There's also a government problem as well. A big government problem is government actually helps people and encourages people in places like Los Angeles to be homeless and to stay homeless. I gave you guys a story a few months ago of a guy who lives, I want to say it was in San Diego, but anyway, he lives... He has a tent set up, and in his tent, he has all the comforts of home, cooking uh, equipment. I mean, he can go shopping and pick up the kind of cooking stuff that he has, crock pots and stuff like that, microwave. He's got a television in there. He watches TV. The reason he lives out on the street is because the government is paying him to do so. If he actually got an apartment, the money would stop flowing. 
Well, quite a bit of it would. He makes more money living on the street than he would in an actual apartment. The government would still pay him to live in an apartment, but he makes more money living on the street. So there's fostering the problem. That's also a big part of it. Also, because cities like Los Angeles have become so impossible to live in financially, that's where I also said that people who actually do make good money cannot afford to live in many places around California, and so they've just packed up and left, which is probably a better solution than just staying on the street, which many people have elected to do. For some reason, they've decided to stay where they are rather than go somewhere else and try to improve their situation. I think probably the best thing to do is get out of communist California. Seven Woods. This is K2 Radio. 8.20 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. So I was just talking about Los Angeles, California, and how they're trying to solve some of the housing problems by there's a big, tall hotel right where all these homeless people are, and... Not a whole, not a whole lot of people have taken advantage of it. Bureaucracy gets in the way too, but all right, that's not really the solution to your problem. Now let's talk about a different kind of a housing problem. Headline here: Wyoming Public Media: Western governors seek more federal assistance for housing. Here once again, being the more libertarian guy, you want to solve a problem. The first thing some people do, well, we got to go get money from the government. And oftentimes, that will make the situation worse, not better. I'm with you. I want to solve the problem. That's not your solution. You're not even looking at the real problem. Oh, here's a story. Western Governors Association has made several policy recommendations to address the nation's housing affordability crisis. Now, I have an answer to the housing affordability crisis, but hold on. I'll get to it. A majority of Americans spend 30% of their monthly income on rent, according to U.S. Census Bureau. And some of the fastest-growing states include Idaho, Utah, Colorado, where the vacancy rates have, rates have also declined. A study from Headwater Economics found that uh, about 2,351 zip codes in the West saw typical home values rising is significantly. At last week's association meeting, a federal housing official said the government will have a role in helping states to address these trends, but he said a lot more needs to be done. Now, pause right there. In Wyoming, this depends on where we're looking at because most housing is pretty affordable in Wyoming, but we do have some areas that are a problem. Jackson Hole, obviously. Let's focus on them for just a minute. Because they're an extreme situation. And once again, in order to solve the problem, well, we got to start subsidizing things. No, that's not your answer. Hang on. I got the answer for you. Here's a quote. Only a quarter of the people who are eligible for housing, any kind of help like this in this community, actually receive it, according to the Department of Housing and Urban Development. We are very far from meeting everyone's housing needs. Western governors want to increase the housing supply, 
by removing red tape for federal financing programs and utilizing more public lands for new construction. They also welcome modular manufacturing homes, especially in rural communities, and they call for better communications among local, state, and federal housing authorities. For many cities in our region, the story says it's important that changes to accept greater density in urban areas, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, here's the answer to this. First off, don't go out looking for all sorts of federal money and don't try to change any rules except that one about red tape. When it comes to, and people out there who are in the business will know what I'm talking about, those people who rent out apartments or homes. And there's some companies, some private people do that. Some big businesses building whole apartment communities do this. And when they go into a community and they try to build, here comes the government regulations, the zoning, the red tape. Man, it gets really expensive to go ahead and put up any kind of an apartment or housing project. And if you wonder why some of this gets so expensive to live in, look how much it costs just to build it, maintain it. Now, whenever I talk about stuff like this, I hear, well, you got to have some rules and regulations. Of course, you have to have some. But if you reduce the red tape, imagine business owners out there who want to make money renting homes taking a look at people who, well, they they can afford to pay rent, but they just can't afford to pay that much rent. And so people will take advantage of that. And wow, what if I just built affordable housing? If it was easier to do, they would do it because there's a marketplace out there. In other words, turn it over to the free market. Because if we start subsidizing things, then what we have is an artificial market. And artificial markets never last. There was a time, some of you might remember this. Let's go back. I think it was like in the 80s, if I remember right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Atlanta, Georgia was one of those places. They built entire communities of subsidized apartments. All these really tall apartment buildings went up subsidized, heavily subsidized. So people who could not afford regular apartments could live in those. So now that we have affordable subsidized housing, let those folks move in. People did take advantage of it, but of course, it wasn't long before the place started to fall apart, before it was abused, before it was crime-ridden. Eventually, back in the 80s, those apartment buildings were torn down, disrepair. It's a government project. What do you think is going to happen? It's a government project. Between the crime, the drug abuse, the vandalism. Yeah, and then because it's a government project, how much maintenance do you think you're really going to get out of that? Police were constantly getting called to these places. And eventually they decided, wow, this has just become a blight on the city. And so they tore it down. But even when we try to make housing in some areas that's just more affordable by subsidizing, that means the rest, those people who can afford a regular house or apartment are now paying for those who can't afford something as nice. So you're paying your mortgage or rent plus for other people. And again, you want to talk sustainability. That's a word that's used a lot today, sustainability tends not to be a sustainable solution to the problem. 
there are sustainable solutions if you want to use that and they are available and have often been available out there and they're free market solutions not we're going to subsidize every problem that we have and there in many cases we take a look i started with this how expensive it is to live in a place like los angeles california people who make a decent living can't afford to live there now what went wrong is it a free market problem that created that or was it a government problem that created that? In rare cases, you do get a bubble, like in Jackson Hole, but that's a bubble. And if you just let the market do what it does, you'll find people start finding solutions because the people in Jackson Hole cannot keep not just police and fire. They can't keep people to run their convenience stores, their restaurants, their grocery stores, et cetera, et cetera. Basic needs that your average worker takes takes care of. And if they lose those average workers, guarantee you those millionaires and billionaires are going to start finding creative solutions to keeping them. The answer to these problems is don't turn to the people who often create the problems in the first place. We're just going to subsidize this and make more government programs. And did you notice the story that I just read from Wyoming Public Media said that one of the things that the Western governors want to do in order to solve this problem is get rid of some government red tape. Oh, has that become a problem? Oftentimes that is. The story I gave you from Los Angeles, California. Here's a tall hotel, and they're going to open it to homeless people. But a lot of homeless people can't get into the hotel. One of the reasons why? Well, all this darn bureaucracy gets in the way and makes it more expensive and tougher for people to find a way to get in, to get their own apartment. Now they're homeless because of it. Hmm. I see a trend here. You see a trend? Because I definitely see a trend here. All right, coming up on 8.30. A look at local news coming your way. Right after local news, update on your weather forecast. Nice long segment of open phones. That's just you and me. 888 woods the phone number. 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. You just hit the snooze. Really? This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 8.36 of the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, Triple Eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Let's see. I have... I'm scrolling up to here if I can... Aha! Is it getting close to playing stuff like this? I usually wait until next week to do this. But uh, first off, it's this is John. Nice beer. He just wants to spend Christmas with the family. Is Daddy coming home with you? We'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. But when he gets stuck at the office party... Merry Christmas! It'll be a holiday... Merry Christmas! ...he'll never forget. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal! 
this Christmas. It's a time of miracles, so be of good cheer. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. Get ready to jingle some bells and deck the halls with bows of Bruce Willis. Move to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Alan Rickman. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, Together in the greatest Christmas story ever told. We got some bad news for you, Dwayne. <laughs> Hans. <laughs> Booby. Eat it, Harvey. Yeah! Holy shit. I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. Merry Christmas. Die Hard. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. <laughs> Yeah, see, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm one of those in that house. I don't care what anyone says about it. All right. U.S. House has been investigating big oil producers. Turns out to be a nothing burger, according to a report. This story in Cowboy State Daily. U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform has dropped its report on a year-long investigation into the internal communications of major oil companies. You know, those evil major oil companies. Investigation promised to reveal the company's role in spreading climate disinformation and resistance to taking action on addressing climate change. Pause for just a second here. Who exactly do you think is really spreading climate disinformation? Yeah, okay, so we can get back to that if you like. So one representative, no shocker, Democrat California, who led the probe, said in the report the investigation findings would be a resource for climate activism in the next decade. The findings the report the committee released last week came without any press conference and produced actually no bombshell revelations whatsoever. Among the findings, according to the statement, the report of major oil companies have no real intention of depriving people of natural gas, which currently supplies 32% of U.S. energy consumption and a fourth of the world's energy consumption. Highlights from the report found that Chevron CEO gave a slide presentation in which oil and gas companies would continue to invest in oil and gas production. Well, duh, that's what they do. An internal email of the Petroleum Institute showed the organization would continue in a carbon-constrained economy to promote natural gas, which had been the main driver of decreased carbon dioxide emissions. Now, let me pause right there. I always have to say, Whenever I see something like that, we don't need to reduce carbon emissions. We need CO2, okay? This is a dead planet without it. It's not causing a climate crisis. But let's move on. So, big nothing burger. Quote, despite a year-long investigation, House Oversight Committee report was a giant nothing burger, which only revealed that U.S. oil and natural gas companies are focused on producing oil and natural gas. Wow. Gosh, you think that, well, okay, uh, listen, I'm in the business of producing a radio show, and somebody did a shocking report that found out that every single day I produce a radio show. Ooh, oil and gas companies are in the business of producing oil and natural gas. After a year-long study, what do they find? By gosh, these people produce oil and natural gas, and they intend to continue. Gosh, I'm so glad Congress spent time. Okay, but I'll give you this, though. If these people spent a year doing this, and that's not every single day, but, you know, a lot of time, 
that's time that they were not passing stupid legislation. So fine, let's lock them in a committee meeting and let them do this. Ryan McConaughey, spokesperson for the Petroleum Association of Wyoming, said the investigation was a waste of time. The report shows that there was nothing there, not even the chairman. Well, even the chairman of the committee had to admit that. So they're trying to make something out of nothing. Uh, the committee told NBC and E&E News that part of the intention of the investigation was to take whatever documents were required through the subpoenas and give them to those, well, so other people could act. So climate activists could act, basically. The fact remains, quote, this is a quote, the fact remains the industry continues to provide the energy and country needs and the world needs. The investigation is part of a pattern of mixed messages, the story says, in which the oil and gas industry is vilified for producing oil and gas, then criticized when they don't produce enough. So if oil and gas companies are producing oil and gas and we have affordable energy, and it's not just energy. Remember, natural gas and, and petroleum products are in everything we do. Look around you and find something that was not produced with the help of petroleum products or directly with petroleum products. So if they don't produce enough, people are mad at them. If they produce enough, these same people are mad at them. Committee members grilled oil executives at a hearing in October 2021 about if they had any commitments to lowering oil and gas production. And they basically said no. <laughs> By the following March, with gas prices soaring, those same people were grilling oil executives, why aren't you producing more oil and gas? What do you want us to do? Well, so there's mixed messages that determine the effect on the industry, according to the story. Imagine being, for those who are not in the oil industry, imagine being in this industry and having to put up with this. Yeah. Uh, Alice, let's see, there are a lot of people in Congress with the attitude that oil companies can just ramp up production in the short term. So in other words, if we have a problem and prices spike, that they can just go ahead and fix it overnight. If you're in the oil industry, you know it doesn't work that way. And finally, this is a quote. Throughout this investigation, Democrats on the committee pushed mixed messages, attacking the industry for boosting production one day while lamenting record high gasoline prices the next day. Now, that is a charade. It's over now. It's time to work together, energy sector, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay. So a year of investigating, and that's the result that they got out of it. But again, I, I'm going to look for the silver lining here. In my mind, the silver lining is these members of Congress spent a year doing that and getting no result. They could have actually been passing damaging legislation. So which would you rather have them do? Yeah, I'd rather have them do a useless report. 845, wake up my own. Here we go on another. A soggy morning porch paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. A 
848 time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So off to the icebox we go to talk to Frank Gambino. So, Frank, you have driven, I'm sure, in some really, really nasty winter weather. Yeah, right? we're, um, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I thought, all right, this is it. Oh, okay. This, and This uh, is it, and that's it. And following vehicles and, you know, trucks where you can't see, and if they're going into the ditch... Yeah, I'm going in the dish right behind them. Okay. Well, now, this is where I put up an article about a year ago, but I've revised the article based on what we're dealing with right now because there's a lot of bad road, drifting snow all over the place, a lot of highways closing down, main highways, back highways. And so I'd come up with a strategy, as I've lived here in Wyoming, for driving on snow and ice when it's really bad. Do you have a strategy? I'm asking you because you're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trust me, I've gone off the road more than a few times. Oh, okay. I mean, sometimes it was my fault. And other times, one time I just got caught in a gust of wind and the slush and it was oh, just, okay. goodbye. I have been it, fortunate. The wind, just, the wind just took over. I goodbye. have been fortunate where I've slid, but I've never gone off the road. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. Here's my strategy. You, see if you can add anything to this. First off, for anybody out there, ditch the ego. You know when everybody's in that line on the interstate on the dry side? Yeah. And there's that guy over there on the side that hasn't been plowed and he's driving way too fast? I see that. Yeah. Okay. Don't be that jerk. Okay. Drive on the dry side. And what I do, Frank, is I get in a line because the more vehicles in front of me, the drier the road is. That's the theory, at least. Yeah, especially if they're big trucks. But the next thing is space it out. Don't get close. Yeah. Right. But I am north, and there were several massive, not just regular semi-trucks, the kinds with the huge loads on top. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to see them because that makes the dry side. Okay. That's, okay. That works, yeah. And, you know, it'll take you a little bit longer. Sure. Deal well, with it. There's the next thing. You're just going to have to go. You know, I, I know it says speed limit 80. Not now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the interstate where everybody was going like 25 miles an hour, and oh, I was yeah. fine with it because we were moving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, oh, that's, you know, Glenn, that's a good point because yeah. you could be stopped yeah. for long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, that, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. just slowly keep it moving. Stay on the dry side. Don't be the jerk who's trying to pass everybody up. It's just that simple. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about high school basketball. Our latest Wild Preps poll is out in 4A. Cheyenne East, number one. Cheyenne Central, second. Thunder Basin, third. Sheridan, fourth. And Star Valley, fifth. And 3A, Douglas rated number one, followed by Worland, Lyman, Powell, and Buffalo. And 2A, Pine Bluffs rated first. Bighorn, second. Tongue River, third. Rocky Mountain, fourth. And Wind River, fifth. And in Class 1A, Saratoga rated number one. Upton, two. Burlington, three. Southeast, four. Dubois and Snake River rated fifth. On the girls' side, Cody is rated number one in 4A, followed by Cheyenne East. Campbell County, Natron, and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Douglas, Numero Uno, with Lyman, 2nd, Newcastle, 3rd, Mountain View, 4th, and Buffalo, 5th. Over in 2A, Rocky Mountain is rated 1st, Wyoming Indian, 2nd, Tongue River, 3rd, Shoshone, 4th, and Burns, 5th. Finally, in 1A, Southeast, number 1, followed by Upton, Burlington, Cokeville, and Rock River. Also in high school basketball, the huge Flaming Gorge tournament starts today in Green River and Rock Springs. On the boys' side today, Casper and the Toronto will play to Lyman at 2.40 this afternoon. Cheyenne South will entertain Mountain View. 
at 420. Casper Kelly Walsh meeting Thunder Basin at 740. On the girls' side, Kelly Walsh and Cheyenne South at 240. And that tournament will run through Saturday. Also, a couple of high school signings. Cheyenne Central's Madison Bailey has headed to Southern Utah University for track and field. In last year's state track meet, she placed third in the 4A 100-meter hurdles in 1565, fifth in the 300-meter hurdles in 4689, and fifth in the high jump at 5 feet even. Bailey also ran the anchor leg on Central's 4x100-meter relay team that plays sixth, and Central has won the last two state championships in 4A track. And Bailey's also an all-conference basketball player and all-conference volleyball player. Brecken McClintock from the Trona signed out with Montana Tech from the, for football. He was a 4A All-State selection at the wide receiver spot with 26 catches for 330 yards and three touchdowns, and also was an All-State selection as a defensive back with four picks. McClintock also competes in track and played American Legion baseball with the Castle Drillers this past season. The Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in the Legends of Basketball Showcase in Chicago to meet Dayton. That will be a 6 p.m. start on Saturday. You can hear that game on K2 Radio in Casper and KCTY in Laramie. And the Wyoming Cowgirls on the road at Nebraska and Lincoln on Sunday afternoon at 1. Cowgirls have won four in a row, and they are 6-3 and three overall. That's it in sports. You want to go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. Uh, Kelly Walsh students go viral I saw 6 million views. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I haven't watched it either. It's like Feliz Navidad, something like that? I, I mean, kind of, yeah. I, it looks really good just by the pictures there, but for those who don't know, they got on TikTok with this video yeah. of them singing and dancing on stage or some event. And so far they have, well, it's over 6 million views now. Apparently they were that good. <laughs> So, I'm going to go watch it while everybody gets into that news and information break. Holy cow, we, we, we need to bring them on and they, they can do a live performance for this. Yeah, it sounds perfect for uh, Sean's studio because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they sound... I bet you they sound really good. You're I'm not sure get, they do. Either There's reasons for getting views on TikTok. Either but millions of views. That embarrassing or that good. Yeah, right. Yeah, I bet you they're that good. So, yeah. I'll go take a look. All right, thank you, Frank. Yeah, it's on the Wake Up On Win website. Headline is Kelly Walsh students go viral with 6 million views on TikTok for Feliz Navidad. And it's supposed to be a real fun version of it. So I'm going to go watch that now. Let's wake up my own. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Phone lines open, 888-97-WOODS, the number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. Fine by me. So I'm going to fulfill a request. White Eagle, Arapaho, wants to know, since I had played some Christmassy stuff last hour, sort of. I mean, well, it was a, someone had done, it's just brilliantly done, too. They redid a movie trailer to make the Die Hard movie, the first Die Hard movie, look like a Christmas movie. So I played the audio for that. And White Eagle Arapo, have I missed the fat guy stuck in a teepee song for the year? No. I just haven't played it yet. But just for you, I'll play it this half hour. So for that reason and the next story I have up, trigger warning. (laughs) 
Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I'm so glad that he ran for office again. Because this guy, I don't always agree with this guy, but I like him because he is an independent-minded thinker and just a weird character. And he knows as he's eccentric, and he embraces his eccentricities. From Cheyenne, Wyoming, City Councilman Richard Johnson. So you got to follow him on Facebook. Man, does he post some weird stuff. And again, he knows he's being weird. Headline, Cheyenne City Councilman working on weed decriminalization proposal. This would be a weed decriminalization proposal for the city of Cheyenne, Wyoming. I got a thing for marijuana, surrounds me like a sauna. When I get with you, I want to tell the world how much I love you. I am a cannabis man, got a joint in each of my hands. Mexican or Panama red, this true love will never end. Let's go ahead and take a look at what he's proposing to do. Cheyenne Ward 3, Councilman Richard Johnson, working on a proposal to decriminalize small quantities of marijuana inside the city limits. Johnson said the proposal is still theoretical at this point, and many of the specifics, such as the amount of pot, would probably, well, th- that's to be classified yet. Yeah, it has to be worked out. He has stressed that decriminalization is not the same as legalization. So then you got to ask them to define that, right? Marijuana remains legal, uh, illegal under Wyoming law, despite some recent efforts by the Wyoming legislature to change that. But decriminalization would allow people caught with small quantities of weed to be fined instead of being thrown in jail. So it depends on how much you're carrying. So bring a lot of your friends with you if you want to carry. If each of your friends is carrying a small quantity. Then you can have an illegal bag with you, but spread out between your friends. Am I making this more of a problem? Okay. The difference, uh, legalization would remove all penalties. Uh, What fines might be placed under the proposal have yet to be worked out. Johnson also says that the Cheyenne ordinance, if approved, he has been in touch with people other than Wyoming communities, in other Wyoming communities, who might consider trying a similar ordinance if his is able to pass and get on the books. Okay, Johnson says he thinks it will be difficult to pass the ordinance, but he says the question is, if it does pass, uh, who would sue us over the ordinance? Who would stop us, in other words, if we pass something like this? When asked if the city could decriminalize pot when it's still illegal under state law, Johnson said, see, that is the interesting part of this. 
It'll be interesting to see if we get sued. Because if we get sued, then basically the police enforce the laws that we write. So it would be like, okay, it's not enforceable under city ordinance. But he notes that would only apply to Cheyenne police officers, not Laramie County police officers or deputies. Laramie County would have to handle this in a different way. He also knows that the ordinance would have no effect on DUI laws for people driving under the influence. Uh, he, so here's the deal. I, I understand what he's doing there. He would just lessen the fine. Now, if you get caught with marijuana in at any amount, really, in Cheyenne, then there's jail time that goes with the fine. He would just reduce it to... Well, okay, it was only a tiny amount of marijuana, so here's a little bit of a fine for that, and that's it. Okay, so it would lessen the penalty. If anything, I guess, that takes up a little less court time? I don't know how this would work out. But I'm with him. Getting something like this passed in the city of Cheyenne, difficult to do. That's not to say he can't do it, but really difficult to do. Okay, Grandpa Rich, he wants it too. Okay, so now I've got Grandpa Rich, which is in Thermopolis, White Eagle in Arapahoe, and they're both asking me for the same Christmas song. Fine, guys, just so you know, everybody, if anyone's offended by the song that I'm about to play, you can blame Grandpa Rich from Thermopolis in White Eagle, Arapahoe. Merry Christmas. There's a funny fat man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee There's a funny fat man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee Coming in from the pawning of the toys of the funny family. 
We certainly hope that anyone who might have been offended by that is already listening to another radio station and missed it. For the rest of you, that was cool, wasn't it? Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Choose the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. So, for those people, I, I'm getting a lot of notes here off the app. People who love the song "Stuck in the Smoke Hole of My Teepee." If you just miss it, I'll play again, and we'll get closer to Christmas, probably a couple more times. But it really is popular this time of year. And yeah, it's a song about Santa getting stuck in the smoke hole of a teepee. And then the Indians take complete advantage of it. The song is hysterical. So, for those who are asking. Shoshone Elder. This is a Shoshone Elder. His name is Old Hands. And he breaks down the song, which you just heard there. Okay. So, yeah, Shoshone Elder wrote the song. That was him singing the song. And it is really popular to play around this time of year, which I always do. So, okay. Uh, Weapon of choice. I love technology. Just so you know, I love technology. I embrace technology. There are a few things which I still like doing the old school way, but for the most part, I love technology. Americans need to be on alert. The story says tech savvy criminals use tracking device to stalk and steal. Technology has become a weapon of choice is the argument. So story says strange chirping sounds and alerts on iPhones have put some Americans in a high alert over the past year as they try to figure out why unknown some unknown device is tracking their every move. It's one of the latest crime trends which savvy criminals are using to carry out stalkings, basically, when you're not home, so they know when to go to your home, which has pushed police departments across the nation to warn residents of this new tactic. So, quote, in a traditional stalking case, Typically, you have people who are making contact or unwanted contact with a victim repeatedly, according to a police sergeant. They're following that person, tagging him, following him to work, places like that, school, whatever. Well, using one, for example, AirTag, they can do it in a more serendipitous way. Uh, dear, well, there's one police department, Dearborn, Michigan. They've warned the public last year to be on high alert for criminals using Apple AirTag to illegally follow people. Yeah, why do you have to stalk someone? I mean, it's so much work if you want to stalk somebody. Does it make it sound like I know what I'm doing here? <clears throat> I don't. But so much work to stalk someone. you got to get up and go outside. It's cold out there. I mean, it's like, what is it, like 18 degrees and the wind's blowing and and I'm supposed to stalk you? Oh, Lord, if you only knew the work I had to go through to be creepy. Being creepy is not easy, you know. I put a lot of work into this if you want to do it right. But what if I could just sit in the comfort of my living room and keep an eye on you? And if I was a criminal, I know when you're at work and when I can go into your house. Apple released AirTag in April of 2021 latest way to find out or find a lost person or personal items for that matter uh, keys handbags 
So you just ping it and find it. Now, we all lose stuff. Okay? Everybody puts something down. Oh, where is that? You lost something. So this is a little thing you can put on your device or a handbag or a coat or what is it you usually lose. All right, now you can go ahead and ping it and track it down and find it. AirTag owners can clip the small dish-shaped device to something they often misplace and ask Siri, AirTag, which has a built-in speaker to help them track the location. Criminals have turned the device into, well, carrying out plots. They'll attach it to your car. Ladies will drop it in your bag. You won't know. One woman sounded the alarm. They were being followed by suspected criminals, unknown that the device had been placed in their car. Quote, I was helping a friend move out of her apartment, and the trunk of my car was open, and it was unlocked, so someone dropped one of these devices in there. The thing is about the size of a quarter. That's the device that they use. It's about that big. She said she believes uh, suspect criminals placed AirTag in her car. She was alerted of the issue when she got home to help her friend move and saw the alert on her phone about an unknown accessory following her. So at least Apple has figured out that this can happen and they'll let you know, hey, you got some un... Because, you see, you have not gone and linked your phone to that thing. So it's an unknown accessory following you. I went outside to check because I saw on this TikTok video, there was, speaking of tracking people, there was a uh, thing that criminals were doing for robbery, for sex trafficking. I went out to go look and there was the tag in the trunk of my car. Another man, Nashville, kept hearing chirping sound from outside his car. And uh, he found that someone had tagged his SUV. But again, they can go ahead and put it in your coat pocket. Somewhere on you or near you, right? The man's car ultimately was recovered. That car was stolen, but okay. Uh, unclear how AirTag is used to steal a car, but similar stories have played out for other people as well. So you get the idea. Here's a device that was invented to be a convenience for you, especially if you're always misplacing something. Just stick that to whatever you're always misplacing, and now you can find it. And there's always that criminally-minded person out there who thinks, oh, oh, I think I know how I can use this. Oh, Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. Glenn, next time you play that funny little tune, I should make a video and put it on YouTube. Hey, Grandpa, funny fat man in these uh, silly white... It, the song is called Stuck in the Smoke Hole of My Teepee. It is on YouTube. Grandpa, go to YouTube and search, because Grandpa Rich is putting videos on YouTube of Thermopolis. Go to YouTube and do a search for a video stuck in the smoke hole of my teepee, and you'll find the video there. That's where I found it originally, and that's how I play it on the air. All right, coming up on 9.30. So 9.30 means local news is coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. I will take some time between now and then to check road conditions for you because that is evolving throughout the day and not necessarily improving because of all the blowing snow in certain parts of Wyoming. So let's see if I can update you on that. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
97 Woods or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time I got some good news for you. Actually, I'm taking a look at the highway report. That has been just getting worse all morning long. Finally, some improvement here. So I'm looking at YDOT right now. All right. If you want to go, let me just refresh it one more time. Here we go. Okay. If you want to go from Cheyenne all the way up, you can. There's a few areas that are really white knuckleish, but it is open. I-25 is open. I-80 is open, believe it or not. In fact, pretty much, there's a few roads in Wyoming, some back highways that are closed. To give you an idea, let's head over toward Torrington here. And yeah, there's, uh, what's that one other side? Hartville, that goes up from Hartville past Manville, that road there. And I'm trying to zoom in, it's not letting me zoom in and get the number. Here we go, uh, 270. That one's closed right now. For those people who live over there, also Highway 20 from Luskover is closed. So there's some back highways like that that are closed. But everything's open, but really be cautious because there's a lot of ice, a lot of black ice, a lot of snow drifts, things like that. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Story that I've been just sort of looking at all morning long, just a headline. Just going to toss this at you and move on. New Jersey men lost in the Atlantic Ocean for 10 days recount their experience. It was two men and a dog. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but if they had been lost any longer, it would have been just two men. Just tossing that out there, you know where I'm going with that. Okay, moving on. Uh, Let's see. Where's the one? Uh, There's baby. There's... uh, COVID. Aha. So let's go to, since I love picking on California, for Christmas. It's Christmas time in California, and the deals are hot. Everything is 100% off. That's right, 100% off. It's all got to go, including the store, your job, and the community. Don't forget to stock up on toilet paper and anything else you needed or wanted, whether you needed it or wanted it or not. Yes, it's the California fire sale. Because California's on fire again. But this time, it's not the forest. It's our cities, downtowns, shopping malls, and neighborhood stores. Don't worry, since we've defunded the police, nobody's gonna show up. So get in there and get what you can before the store burns down. Yes, it's the California fire sale. Everything's 100% off. Take advantage now before the store burns down or the businesses move to other states. No refunds or returns. This offer not valid in Wyoming or Texas. Where if you try it here, you will be shocked. That's something about California right now. If you steal below a certain amount, they don't come after you. So that means Christmas shopping just got really easy. Okay, what's first? It says to start with a helping of flour, a handful of eggs, and a dash of salt. How much is a helping? Uh, it says here that it's more than a hunk of, but less than a whole mess of. So, maybe this one? Is there anything that has actual measurements? Yeah, it says you need eight cups of lard and four sticks of butter. We gotta go back to the store. When do we add this? Uh, it says apply bourbon as needed. To what? To... Chef? Oh. Uh. Okay, now we have the sugar, right? Um, we're gonna need the other bag, too. What? There's no way that's right. I know. I know, Kevin. There's no way that any of this is right. Is it done yet? I can't tell. Well, it says not to leave it in there too long. I know. I don't want to burn it. 
Nobody wants to burn it, Kevin. Well, how long does it say to leave it in there? It says bake in hot oven until done. Well, there it is. Grand Grand's famous sweet butter cake. I mean, I used to eat this all the time. How am I still alive? It's basically poison. I'll wrap it up for the party. You want to serve this to people? We gotta bring something. Well, you did eat that stuff most of your life, didn't you? Yeah, okay. And still, somehow or other, some of you follow those recipes and actually serve it to people. Do you still eat that stuff yourself? I bet a lot of you do. Let's see. I uh, got the YouTube link. Okay, the, uh, not Grandpa Rick, Grandpa Rich. But I tell you what. Um, hey, Grandpa, uh, somebody's looking for your YouTube page. I know I subscribed to you, so I'm going to find it and send him a link. Yeah, he's from Thermopolis, Wyoming. I did a post on him just a little while ago. So you can go ahead and find his YouTube page. He gets up early in the morning. He's retired now and goes checks on the buffalo, goes checks on the hot springs, makes video about the entire area, what he's doing, where he's traveling to. And there's a YouTube page about that now. So I got to go dig that up real quick, and I'll go ahead and send that to you guys. Now, I got more Christmas stuff in the can for you. And some of this stuff I'm going to go ahead and get rid of because – I have a whole bunch of songs that were about COVID Christmas. I just realized in the Christmas file. And while some of them are worth saving, most of it I'm just sick of hearing about it. It's been long enough, right? It's been long enough that I really don't. Even though they were good parody songs at the time, I've just heard enough about hearing about it. In fact, I still get really sick and tired of seeing some people walking around wearing masks. Enough already. Move on to something else. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. Then roll with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 947 at time. Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by for us. I went over the wild prep, see what you guys were up to, because everybody always wonders, what is Frank doing right about what, now? What, yeah, what is yes, Frank doing and right about It's now? basketball, basketball, basketball. And wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, and one picture of swimming. And, and swimming. Yeah, okay. So there, there's a meet actually here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of meets. This, so this, there's a whole bunch of swimming meets. There's a whole bunch of wrestling meets. I mean, this, this winter season right. just started last week. We took. We yeah. actually had some time off. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so get it over with real quick. But I noticed now the top stories right now were just recently posted. Basketball all the way through. Mm-hmm. So now how long does that last? Till the first or second week of March. Okay, so they got a ways to go here. Yeah, yeah. And the swimming thing. When I came out to Wyoming, I thought, oh, they swim in Wyoming? Oh, yeah, they they swim swim indoors. Wow, okay, didn't know that. Laramie High School has a great pool. Campbell County has a great pool. Okay, so they, okay, and that goes through to when? That will go to about mid-February. Okay. You know, wrestling will go to the end of February. Right. So uh, I was at a a big wrestling meet in Cheyenne uh, over the weekend, and it was packed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely packed. You could hardly walk down the hallways at Cheyenne East High School. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. And what, what's changed about wrestling this year is that gr- girls wrestling is a sanctioned event now. Right. So over at the where the girls were wrestling on, on one of the mats there, it was standing room only. Okay, that's the next thing you just mentioned. Where the girls were wrestling, mm-hmm. that's the thing now. It is, absolutely. And it's it, it, people are totally into it. 
Okay. I mean, literally, you had to stand on your tippy toes to see to see some of the stuff. Okay. So, I mean, uh, we'll go full bore here again. So okay. It's all when fine. does the skiing thing happen? And that is that that is also began last week. Now that 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 actually may have started on time for the first time in a while. You know, because sometimes you just don't have enough snow. Right. For like for the Nordic and the and the, the Alpine, so they they will go until about I would say probably sometime in February, I believe. Okay. So, uh, like the Nordic stuff, I, I like I, I like that because the, the trails are groomed that I can walk around easier. Right. You know the Al- Alpine stuff. You know, then you got to kind of slide down on your butt a little bit. You know, right. until, until you stop or hit a tree and then take pictures and, and then climb the all the way yeah. up there. Hit the tree is not advisable, but yeah, maybe not. You know, I, I, there's been times I've gone all the way down. Right. And then rode the chairlift on the way back. Right. I don't want to ride chairlifts anymore. Yeah, see, to me, I don't know which is scarier about the chairlift, the getting on or the dismount. Yeah, well, I, especially if you have, like, a big camera and, and equipment with you. Uh-huh. You know, they're not going to stop it for you. No, they don't stop at all. <laughs> no. So, you know, those chairlifts used to not have any restraints on them. I know. Have you, have you seen that old picture? It's from... Um, Jackson Hole. I mean, and yes. they're up probably what ten thousand feet. There's uh-huh. no safety bars. Yeah, mom and her mom kid and the sitting kid next. are just going, yeah. all right, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I, I rode the tram at Jackson Hole, and it scared the hell out of me. Right, and that's inside a tram. Yeah, I hung on for dear life. I thought about that the first time I ever went skiing. Here comes the chair, <laughs> and I'm afraid to get on it because I know you know mounting the thing is always scary. <laughs> and then I get to the end, and I think, and now I got to get off. Yeah, and if I don't get off, what happens, Frank? <laughs> Back to the bottom again. All righty. The latest high school p- basketball poll for Wild Preps is out in 4A, boys. Cheyenne East rated number one in 4A. Cheyenne Central second, Thunder Basin third, Sheridan fourth, and Star Valley fifth. In 3A, Douglas is rated number one, followed by Worland, Lyman, Powell, and Buffalo. In 2A, Pine Bluffs rated first, Bighorn second, Tongue River third, Rocky Mountain fourth, Wind River fifth. And in 1A, boys, Saratoga rated first, Upton second, Burlington third, Southeast fourth, two boys, and Little Snake River from Bags fifth. On the girls' side, in 4A, Cody rated numero uno, followed by Cheyenne East Campbell. County, Natron, and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Douglas, numero uno, with Lyman, second, Newcastle, third, Mountain View, fourth, and Buffalo, fifth. In 2A, Rocky Mountain, one, Wyoming Indian, two, Tongue River, third, Shoshone, fourth, and Burns, fifth. Finally, in 1A, Southeast, number one, followed by Upton, Burlington, Cokeville, and Rock River. Also in high school basketball, the huge Flaming Gorge tournament begins today in Green River and Rock Springs. On the boys' side, Casper uh, Nostrona plays Lyman at 2.40 this afternoon. Cheyenne South entertains Mountain View at 4.20. Kelly Walsh meets Thunder Basin at 7.40. On the girls' Side at the Flaming Gorge, Kelly Walsh and Cheyenne South at 2:40, and that tournament will run through Saturday. Uh, there's also a couple of high school signings. Cheyenne Central's Madison Bailey will be headed to Southern Utah University for track and field. At last year's state track meet, she placed third in the 4A 100 meters in 15:65, fifth in the 300 meters at 46:89, and fifth in the high jump at five feet even. Bailey also ran the anchor leg on Central's 4 by 100 meter relay team that placed sixth. Central is also the two-time 4A champions in track and field, and Bailey also was an All-Conference basketball player and an All conference volleyball player. Brecken McClintock from the Trona signed out with Montana Tech for football. He was a four t- uh, 4A All-State selection at the wide receiver spot with 26 catches for 330 yards and three touchdowns. An All-State selection as a defensive back with four interceptions. McClintock competes in track and also played American Legion baseball with the Casper Drillers this past season. That's it in sports. So, now... Have you ever had an instant where you tried to get on the chair or off the chair and it didn't work out? No, because I, my, my chairlift things are very limited, probably less than four times in my life. Okay. You know, you, know, you, you got to kind of, you know, you, you know, so yeah. tra- you got to do, the whole thing is you have to do it on cue. Right. 
you know, they, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, and, I did have one case where here comes time to sort of leap off and ski away. Mm-hmm. And I looked good at first, but then it just sort of deteriorated. <laughs> and maybe about five yards away, I went kerplunk. So at least I didn't fall off immediately on my face. Well, you got about five feet, right? I, yeah, I got a little ways down the road before <laughs> I wiped out and fell on my face. But that's where, again, I look at the dismounting thing of this, and I think they got to work that out a little bit better. I'm not sure exactly how. But there's got to be a way to work out getting people on and off those things. And I wonder how many people look at it and just go, no. Yeah, I'd no, love no. to learn to ski, but I'm not doing that. I, I'm going to the lodge. Yes. And I'm going to watch everybody else fall down. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. All right. Then, then I can be judgmental and make fun of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All you have to do is act like you've been hurt, too. That's like, exactly uh, right. All right. Thank you, Frank. Hey, coming up on some local business we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time. Local national news, local news, weather forecast. Oh, I'm going to be, for those in Casper, Wyoming, at the Eastside Walmart again today. We're collecting toys for needy families through the Stuff the Van program that we do every year at this time. So I'll be there from 11 till 3 this afternoon. Just grab some unmarked gifts or a cash donation. Stop by, see me. It's all going to a worthy cause. Wake up, Wyoming. Give back.